A former police chief says he won't be returning to the city's employment. Why Art Acevedo is turning down his assistant city manager position. And foggy, rainy weather continues this evening. Wind thunderstorms ramp up in first warning weather. Plus, what we're learning today about the man accused of impersonating an Austin police officer for years. A former police chief is coming back to Austin, but no longer for a new job. Thanks for being with us tonight at 5 on Britt Moreno. I'm Daniel Marin. Art Acevedo now says he will not take the assistant city manager job that he was offered last week. Joining us in the studio is KXAN's Will Dupree. Will, what else do we know about Acevedo's withdrawal? Yeah, Acevedo posted on social media today, and he says he told interim city manager Jesus Garza that he could not take the position and would instead pursue other opportunities. Acevedo was offered the newly created role of assistant city manager to oversee police and would report directly to the interim city manager. When Acevedo's return was announced, it came with a lot of pushback. Several city council members spoke out against the move. They criticized how his tenure as chief happened during a time when the department failed to properly investigate sexual assault cases. A group of survivors sued the city over the mishandling between 2006 and 2019, which led to a large settlement. Today marked two years since the city reached that agreement, and city leaders gathered to issue a formal apology to those survivors. Regarding the Acevedo job news, though, they said it was not the right moment to comment on that. But one officer said the department's work for survivors will keep going. We are committed to the success and completion of this project, and I, it will, I refuse for it to be derailed <laughs> by any development or appointments. Um, I, I, I would anticipate and hope that someone, anyone coming on, would be prepared to, you know, meet with us and to learn from us about how important this work is. On social media, Art Acevedo posted, in part, it is clear that this newly created position has become a distraction, and he went on to say, quote. Politics and power struggles have hindered our efforts to create real positive improvements for the people of this city. Acevedo would have been paid more than $270,000 for that position. The interim city manager wrote in a memo today to the mayor and council that there is still a need for additional resources for Austin police and that he'll assess over the next few days what options may be available. He also mentioned Acevedo looks forward to returning to Austin to serve the community in some other capacity in the near future. Back to you guys. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, thank you, Will. Check this out. Dense fog all across central Texas this morning as downtown skyscrapers and probably your neighborhood were hidden in the clouds. A dense fog advisory was in effect through noon, which is kind of rare even this evening, though, as the advisory has expired. Fog continues in many areas, one of them here in southeast Austin. Check it out live on our Whittlesey Landscape Supply Cam in Del Valley near the airport. It's wet, it's gray. You can't even see downtown when typically you can from this camera. 59 degrees there southeast of downtown. Visibility is still quite high, which is good news for traffic in Austin and Georgetown. But look west of town, look east of town, where we just saw at the airport half-mile visibility. Parts of the hill country near Kingsland and Marble Falls near zero visibility. So take it easy if you do have to travel tonight. Otherwise, periods of rain and even some thunderstorms continue this evening. We have a flood advisory for some low water crossings that are a bit dangerous in Fayette County. Heavy thunderstorms, especially northeast of LaGrange. Only a few showers here on the west side of Austin, but notice rain redeveloping and moving back towards central Texas this evening. Coming up in your forecast, I'll show you when the rain really picks up tonight. We're fighting more fog for a couple of days, but we have a gorgeous weekend forecast. All right, David, thank you very much. We are learning more today about the central 
Central Texas man behind bars accused of pretending to be an APD officer for years. Now police are hoping to connect with drivers he might have pulled over. Nabil Ramadna has the story. Take a good look at these photos. He has never been a commissioned peace officer in the state of Texas. This man who police have identified as 35-year-old Sean Michael McDonald is not an APD officer. But investigators say he's been posing as one since at least 2020. And we can understand that the, the public is going to have some concern, obviously. The uniform is is pretty accurate. Um, if you've ever had any type of contact with an awesome police officer, you know that's that's what we wear. APD says it's not hard to find patches or uniform online. According to the arrest report, he was posing in the gear on social media. On the day APD officer Jorge Pastor was killed, he posted on Instagram. Rest easy, brother. We got it from here. The arrest report also pointed out text conversations. In one, he said, quote, he arrested the suspect who shot an AISD officer. He went on to say he beat him up and put him in the patrol car. The report also pointed out that his dating profile picture was him in an APD shirt. By our policy, we, we are to provide you with our name and badge number. And the public can follow up with the, with the PIO office. Um, to confirm that. Following a review of texts and social media, police were able to track McDonald down. Did some surveillance and were able to observe him yesterday, conducted a traffic stop, and were able to take him into custody without any incident. He's facing charges of false identification of a police officer. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Well, the trial of a suspected courthouse arsonist began today. Nicholas Miller is accused of setting fire to the Mason County Courthouse northwest of Austin back in 2021. He was then allegedly involved in a police chase starting in Georgetown and ending south of Waco. Nobody was hurt in the fire, but it did destroy most of the century-old building. Restoration of the courthouse has been underway for the last two years, with it expected to reopen later this year. New affordable housing is officially on its way to East Austin. The Seabrook Square housing development broke ground earlier today. Whenever the development is done, it will have 204 units, and all of them are meant to be available for those making at or less than 60% of the median family income. According to the Austin Chamber of Commerce, that is around $65,000 for the Austin area. Roger Taylor Jr., the son of the founder of the J.J. Seabrook Neighborhood Association, says his dad would be proud to see what they've done. He would be elated, especially knowing that they're going to honor Mr. Dr. Seabrook, extremely proud, happy, especially with affordable uh, housing coming to the area. Roger Taylor Jr. says that the part of the plaza for the new development would have his dad's name on it. The city of Austin is looking forward to the summer and wants more lifeguards. The Parks and Rec Department says it needs to fill around 600 positions. Last year was the first time since 2019 the city had all of its public pools open. Parks and Rec says for those looking to get started now, they do offer lifeguard certification all year round. Starting pay for a summer lifeguard is just over $20 an hour. Award season is ramping up. Who could take home the gold in the upcoming Academy Awards? Plus, it's Trump versus Haley as the New Hampshire primary continues. What they're saying about each other and what it would take for Haley to pull the upset. And as the Olympic Games come ever closer, France is beefing up security. What they're doing to keep the Olympic torch bearer safe. Award season is in full swing in Hollywood, and the march to the Oscars is underway with the nominations announced this morning. The 96th Academy Awards is only two months away. Mark Barger has more on which movies could take home the gold. 
Welcome to one of the most exciting days of the year. It was especially exciting for Oppenheimers. That film led the way at this morning's Academy Award nominations with 13, including Best Picture, Best Director for Christopher Nolan, Best Actor for Killian Murphy, and Supporting Bids for Emily Blunt and Robert Downey Jr. You guys ever think about dying? Barbie is also in the Best Picture hunt, eight nominations overall, including supporting nods for America Ferreira and Ryan Gosling. But Margot Robbie missed out in the Best Actress category, as did Greta Gerwig for Best Director. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. Killers of the Flower Moon earned 10 nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director for Martin Scorsese. Lily Gladstone's Best Actress nod is the first for a Native American, but her co-star Leonardo DiCaprio missed out on a Best Actor bid. In your sad face, makes me discover angry feelings for you. Emma Stone's performance in Poor Things gives her a shot at her second Best Actress win. Co-star Mark Ruffalo is also up for Best Supporting Actor and the film for Best Picture. Bingo. No, no bingo, Ned. These books have nothing to do with African-American studies. American fiction is among the other Best Picture contenders, as well as The Holdovers, the biopic Maestro, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, and the Zone of Interest. The Oscar winners will be revealed March 10th. Mark Barger, NBC News. Well, it's voting day in New Hampshire with all eyes on Nikki Haley as she hopes to keep her campaign alive as the alternative to former President Trump. Most of us seeing lighter rainfall totals today, but look at this. With 15 hundredths in the bucket today, Austin is now in the midst of its 10th wettest January on record with nearly five inches to date. Austin Airport, its sixth wettest January in history with over five and a half inches and counting. More rain coming, but also when dry weather returns for a while. Next in your forecast. It is a big day. It's voting day in New Hampshire, and Nikki Haley is already a winner in one town. But the polls show former President Trump has a commanding lead. The former governor and ambassador Haley is hoping for a January surprise. NBC's Alice Barr joins us live with what is on the line. Alice. Daniel and Britt, this would need to be a stunner, in fact, for Nikki Haley to catch up in any significant way with former President Trump. We are now just 45 minutes from the first polls closing in New Hampshire. According to NBC News exit polling, the majority of voters saying the economy and immigration are the biggest issues they're following. And we are all following the results very closely out of New Hampshire because they could be a clear indicator of where this race is headed. For the first time in the 2024 presidential race, voters are at the polls. And their say here in New Hampshire could be decisive for the future of former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley's campaign. I think she'd make a good president, and I think it's time we have a female president. Haley is the last major Republican candidate challenging former President Trump. His substantial lead has only grown in the latest polls. I'm proud to say I voted for Trump. The former president addressing Haley's future outside a polling location today. I would never ask anybody to pull out. I didn't ask Ron to pull out. I didn't ask Vivek to pull out. Nobody. 
but we have great support. Haley banking on New Hampshire's many independents for a strong showing insists she'll keep fighting. We're going to South Carolina. Um, we have put in the ad buy. We're there. This is this has always been a marathon. It's never been a sprint. But Mr. Trump, flanked by past Republican rivals who dropped out and backed him, is already looking to the general election and how he'll recapture GOP voters who've turned away from him. You can all vote for me again, everybody, and I'm not sure we need too many. President Biden and Vice President Harris also eyeing the November election, teaming up today to target Republicans on abortion, the issue they think is most likely to drive their supporters to the polls. That amid the campaign's first tepid test, how many New Hampshire Democrats will write in President Biden? He is not on the ballot after Democrats made South Carolina their first sanctioned primary state. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And in that event tonight, President Biden laid the blame directly at the feet of former President Trump for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Expect that is going to be a theme repeated over the next several months. As for the question of how long Nikki Haley's candidacy can survive, there is a new memo out from her campaign where they're arguing there is fertile ground for her to pick up delegates through Super Tuesday. That is in the beginning of March. Britton Daniel. All right, Alice Barr live for us in Washington. Thank you very much. Send things over to David now. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Hey, thanks so much. 517 and foggy wet weather continues across the area. It was this morning, though, that we started off with a severe thunderstorm. Not in the Austin area, but just west of here. Look at this. Horseshoe Bay, you guys had the only severe level hail reported across the state of Texas from this system. A picture that you sent in to report it at KXAN.com. We forwarded along to the weather service of ping pong ball size hail. Pretty incredible to see that. A little unexpected with how strong those storms got briefly this morning. Since then, though, it's been mainly light to moderate rain and a lot of fog. It's a gray, damp evening up in Liberty Hill on the Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam. A little warmer than yesterday, still in the 50s though right now. Notice here's Austin, the metro area starting to get wet again as this big area of light to moderate rain has redeveloped and moved from southwest Texas into our area. This is going to be a wet evening even where you don't see the rain falling in the green colors west of I-35. It is still damp because of that foggy, misty weather that'll only persist this evening. It's in our eastern counties though where this persistent band of heavy rain and some cloud to ground lightning continuing uh, northeast of LaGrange. This is starting to push toward Smith but most of it remains well southeast of Austin. These are the areas, though, that we're focusing on for the highest rain totals today. Since midnight, I keep having to update this, nearly two inches of rain now, just east of LaGrange, 1.8 in Lake Fayette. The other highest totals, though, not in the metro, fortunately in the hill country, where we do need it. San Saba and Burnett getting almost an inch of rain with more on the way. You can see that stormy weather pattern continuing all across the southern plains and certainly here in central Texas. If you zoom out a bit, you can see this sharp dip in the jet stream, a big trough or storm system to our west. This thing is still sending little rain-making pieces of energy our way, and it continues to do so until it moves east of us. That doesn't happen, though, until Saturday, several days away. So let's talk about what's to come over the next few hours. I mentioned some heavy rain continuing in our southeastern counties. That will continue while the rest of us just see cloudy skies, fog, and some light to moderate rain at times. But just as you think the rain tapers off on the maps at 10 p.m., another batch of rain expected to redevelop to our south and become more numerous with some heavy rain and thunderstorms at times expected at your house overnight. 
Tomorrow morning, nothing changing. Plan on another wet morning, so outdoor jogs, outdoor walks will be a little difficult. It's foggy with some pockets of rain moving through, and this continues all afternoon and evening tomorrow as well. Things really don't change much even by Thursday morning as some wet, damp weather continues. But it's Thursday by midday when the rain starts to clear for the week. Maybe a few pockets of sun on Thursday afternoon and again on Friday. Additional rain from this point onward, it's really in our southeastern counties that we're concerned with two to four inches still stacking up, maybe up to an inch in the metro, lighter totals out in the hill country, unfortunately. It's this area, really east of I-35, I think, where a minor threat of flash flooding continues overnight, mainly some low water crossings, some dangerous creeks, so keep that in mind if you're driving when it's dark. Tonight's forecast, some pockets of rain continuing, 53 degrees in town, rain and a few thunderstorms likely tomorrow with fog as well, 55. Temperatures really don't warm much at all. A foggy wet day tomorrow, a few breaks of afternoon sun though on Thursday. Can't rule out a few showers on Friday, but finally turning the page on this storm system with nice sunshine dominating this weekend and really Saturday and Sunday may kick off a week long period of dry weather. David, thanks very much. What do Judy Garland, the mob, and a 76-year-old thief have in common? A pair of ruby slippers. The latest in a trial over the iconic movie prop. News Nation tonight. Live from New Hampshire, starting at 7 Eastern. It's America's first presidential primaries. And News Nation Decision Desk 24 has you covered with the best political team on TV and accurate, real-time poll results. There's a new home for election coverage you can trust. The New Hampshire presidential primaries. News Nation tonight, starting at 7 Eastern. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. Right now, the trial begins for the mother of a school shooter, why she is charged in connection to her son's deadly crime, and will he testify? Also, our exclusive interview with the CEO of Alaska Airlines about the mid-air scare and why he's angry at Boeing. In France, police are on high alert for threats along the route of the 2024 Olympic torch relay. When torchbearers reach France, they'll be protected by about 100 officers alongside anti-drone measures. Up to 150,000 people are expected to attend the ceremony when the flame lands in France in May. 18,000 police officers will be on duty in Paris when the torch goes through the city on July 14th and 15th and on July 26th when the opening ceremony takes place. The Interior Ministry has been at odds with police officers who have been asking for a $2,000 Olympic bonus and better working conditions. Well, ahead of his sentencing, the reformed mobster who stole the famed ruby slippers from the classic film The Wizard of Oz has revealed his motive. He says he was led astray by one of his old mob associates. 76-year-old Terry John Martin says he was told the famous shoes worn by Judy Garland must be adorned with real jewels because they were insured for $1 million. Martin pleaded guilty back in October to using a hammer to smash the glass of a museum door and display case to take the slippers. This was back in 2005. Martin had hoped to sell the shoes. That is until he found out the rubies were actually glass. He'll be sentenced next Monday. Well, coming up on KXAN tonight, we have Night Court at 7 p.m., followed by Extended Family at 7.30. La Brea is coming up at 8 o'clock with Found at 9 p.m., and then we're back with KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here is where to find us over the air or through your television provider.